Thank you for tuning into this episode of Paranormal The New Normal. Due to some technical difficulties, the audio quality in this episode may not be the best. I apologize for that in advance, and thank you for sticking through it. Please enjoy. And welcome back to Paranormal The New Normal, the show where we go beyond the fray to explore the unknown and the mysterious this universe. T- tonight's guest is Glenn Ralph from the Glenn Ralph Podcast, a show which I, my, I myself have been on. Glenn, how you doing? Good, Jeremy. How are you doing? And you got that right, everybody. It's the Glenn Ralph Show on Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Don't forget the two ends in Glenn, General Entertainment Talk Show. Jeremy's been on it. Everybody's been on it. So that's my plug early on. Well, it's a good show to be on. It's fun to do. It's just it's just a fun conversation, basically, for a good hour. So yeah. anybody, anybody who wants just to hear interesting conversations about different topics, definitely hit. I've heard a bunch of different episodes, and they're all pretty entertaining. I've yet to find one that I wanted to turn off. So well, thank there's you. that, at least. <laughs> well, <laughs> As you folks know in this show, we like we are here to talk about any paranormal supernatural experiences our guests may have experienced in their life. And why don't you tell us one of your paranormal experiences? Start with whichever one you want to start with. Well, I've had many. I will start off with more instead of the bigger, let's not get too um too serious, too quick, because I do have a couple of very real and serious ones, but I'll go with ones that, smaller ones that have happened and i don't believe that there's anything i I don't believe in coincidence and if you put all the different experiences i have had together there's no way that you could call one you could call them all individually uh it's just a coincidence but you put it all together there i don't feel there's any way to discount that but one i can mention right off the bat is my sister and I, she just moved into a new house. I was helping her move in. And really, there was, you know, boxes and stuff everywhere. But the very first thing that she set up was in the dining room. It's a bookcase. And my, our parents, or I have a twin sister, our parents' urns were on top of that bookcase. That's the first thing that we moved in and put there for her. But anyway, I'm standing there near the bookcase talking to her. My arms folded. And we're, we're just talking about whatever. All of a sudden, out of the blue, like I said, my arms folded on my left forearm. I felt something and I looked down and it was a drop of water. And I, my sister was talking. I just said, stop, stop talking. And I looked at the water. And I looked up at the ceiling because it was a new house to her. I didn't know if the ceiling was leaking. No, there was nothing leaking from the ceiling. There was just a drop of water on my arm. And I believe that that was my my parents uh, one of them you know saying hello uh there was no way to explain it and i showed it to her it was just one single drop of water on my arm could not be explained and that was them me just saying good luck with the new place or just hello but something like that th- there's no physical explanation for well that's an inter- that's kind of crazy definitely i mean i've i've heard similar stories before it's just one of those things where spirits show a sign to let you know they're there. 
I mean, were your parents anything significant between you and your parents or? No, not, not at all. But I have already before way be, this is uh, five years ago, but way before then I had some major experiences that really proved to me. And I know you're agnostic and you don't believe in God and we don't even have to call, call him God, but creator something else. But I know it was proven to me, proven to me that there is life after life. And another experience I had after my mother passed away, I um, and my father, a few months after that, we had to put him in a nursing home. He had a second stroke. He couldn't walk. He was disabled. And I couldn't work for a year. I was taking care of both of my parents at, at the same time, literally for a year straight. And I'll get to that at the end of the story. Um, so what, what happened once my, my first day in long-term care, hospital to rehab for three or four weeks. And then we had to unfortunately put him in long-term care in the same facility, but at the other end. So I couldn't wait to get out of the house. I wanted a job. I wanted any job. And then we were still looking at newspapers. This was uh, 2009. And I found an ad for uh, a flower shop for a delivery driver. And it was literally seven minutes away from the house. It's very local. And I just walked in there and basically begged for the job. I explained to the owner what, what I went through and I just need a job. And I know the area. I'm from the area. Grew up here. So I know where everything is. And anyway, I um, got hired. The first Mother's Day, the first Mother's Day, I was going through the driver box with all the tickets for where I had to deliver things to. And there was one going to a delivery, going to the house that I grew up in. We grew up, we're still in the same town, but we had moved when I was a freshman in high school. But since we moved there to that house when we were two and a half. So I was there like throughout my entire childhood. Anyway, on Mother's Day, I had a delivery to the house I grew up in. And here I am after so many years pulling in that driveway and walking up to that front door and ring the doorbell with the flower delivery. And before then and after then, never had another delivery to that house. And it was on Mother's Day. I don't think that there was a coincidence at all. I think that was my mother saying hello and, you know, giving me a, a, a sign. And also with the flower delivery job, uh, the delivery van, it broke down. It needed work. So my boss had, had to rent an SUV. And I... um it, it had satellite radio in it and the van, the regular van didn't, but this rental SUV did. So anyway, I'm driving and a song comes on the radio. It was a country. I like country music. And it was a, a country music channel on Sirius XM called it, it was um, flashback country. Something it wasn't the new country it was older country songs from like the eighties and nineties going back tracking for just a second when my sister and I picked up my mother's ashes in the urn from the funeral home I said why don't we drive by the old house the one that I ended up having that flower delivery to um, just for sentimental reasons and I was playing a song on my phone in the floor of heaven by Steve Warner um, a very very touching sad song but it just basically means that that your loved ones are watching you from heaven, you know, through a hole in the floor of heaven. So I remember playing that song. 
one year to the fucking day that my mother passed away. And this is a song that you don't hear on the radio often and it wouldn't be on regular radio. This is on, on the satellite radio. I pulled over and I started cr- crazy. That song from the beginning, we didn't catch it in the middle, from the beginning came on the radio one year from the day that she died. And it's not a song that you just hear all the time in rotation on the radio at all. And if that van didn't break down and my boss didn't have to rent this SUV for me to use and didn't have satellite radio, never would have happened. Again, it's not a coincidence. And also, uh, going back to the year thing, numbers are very, very important in the spiritual world. The first, my, my father had a stroke a few years before my mother got sick and she was taking care of him 24-7. And it was September 22nd, 2008. That was the first time where she had trouble breathing and had to go to the hospital. Well, let me tell you, she passed away uh, in June of 2009. She passed away on June 8th, 2009. My parents' 40th anniversary was the day before on June 7th. So that was weird. But besides that, she passed away, like I said, June 8th, 2009. My father went into the nursing home long care end of August. And his, uh, no, no, I'm sorry, that was in in rehab. His first day in long-term care was September 22nd, 2009. That's why I said it was exactly a year. And I would always get signs. I would see 9-11 or 116 something related to 911 and just so happens that it this could be you could call it a coincidence if you divide 22 by 2 that's 11 you know it's 92208 to 92209 but it just it seemed weird because I, I would always get signs when something was going to happen to my mother or father they had to go to the hospital something medically ha- you know was going to happen always for two or three days prior to that i would constantly see it anywhere tv the clock hear it, see it um, in, in writing somewhere. All, I always knew something was going to happen, and it always did. Um, and when I went to see a psychic medium, uh, this is when both of my parents were, were alive, I ran into this woman at Barnes & Noble. I was thinking about my grandmother, who had passed away in 1981, and I was looking at the New Age uh, spiritual section in Barnes & Noble, ended up just talking to this woman who said that she was a psychic medium, and she talks to dead people. So I booked a reading, never went to one before. And when I had the reading, I heard that I wanted to contact my, my grandmother. And within a minute, I had this on cassette tape. This is back in 2004. So she was still using cassette tapes. On cassette tape, it was just a few minutes in. She said, I, I see a B, BR. Who, who's Bridget? And Bridget was my grandmother's name. And there's no way she could have known that. She passed away in 1981. This woman knew nothing about me. My, there was nothing on Google, nothing on the Internet. There's no way she could just magically come up with that name. It's not even a common name. She didn't say, uh, is it Jennifer? Just Bridget. And then there were so many other things she said in the reading that let me know right then and there that this is real. She, she said, um, who's Peppy? dogs dogs have souls and go to heaven too and i swore i remembered my father telling me when i was a kid that when he was growing up he had a dog named peppy i remember asking him a couple of days later i didn't tell either one of my parents i went to his psychic medium 
my my mother would 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 have been okay with it, but my father would have thought I was nuts, so I didn't say anything to him. But I, I just said in passing, I said, "Oh, Dad, I meant to ask you. You said you had a dog named Peppy growing up, right?" And his eyes lit up and big smile. He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, oh, "I thought you did." I it just you know popped in my head the other day, whatever. So I'm telling you, it, it, there's no such thing as coincidence. Your loved ones that that passed on are around you, and I could go on and on, but it's your show. Well, okay, well, a lot to break down there, but. Yeah, but first, thing I, first thing I wanted to say is, yes, I am agnostic, but I'm not atheist. Atheist means you don't believe in anything. At all. Right, right. Agnostic means you believe parts you, are different. You believe there's something out there, but you just don't know what it is. And you're not sure what it is and what's what's going on in the universe. And that I, mean, I would love to believe that the Greek gods are real and that the Norse gods are real and the Egyptian gods and all mm. that. Like, like I, I, I have a scientific mind, so I always have. So I, I, I can't believe there's one of something in the universe and not a second one to go with it. Because right. there's not one of any species of animal or, or insect or anything on this earth or a plant even. I mean, there's not just one of anything. So I believe. All right. So let's go back to the point where as far as like the whole nine one one host, I one of my favorite podcasts out there, Monsters Among Us, the host of it, Derek Hayes, talks all the time about synchronicity and that things reoccur reason usually. Right. Which I fully believe in this. And I mean, I'm a huge believer in fate or karma or whatever you want to really, but I believe we are we are all destined to be connected to certain things and those connections are going to show signs over our life over and over again. I mean, I've had a few of them in my life, none that are really memorable enough to bring up. I mean, I've always been pretty closed off to the paranormal side just because those who want to see don't see, but. Right. But I as mean, far I, as the, the nine one one, it, how I, well, I mean, it was happening, but how I really realized what was happening in in that that uh, reading with that medium, she had she had said to me, "What is your connection to nine eleven or nine one one?" And I did know somebody who I went to school with. He was a quarterback on the football team. He was two years ahead of me. He was killed in the World Trade Center on nine eleven. He worked for Cantor Fitzgerald. So I said that, and she's like, "No." I also knew uh, a local cop whose girlfriend was killed, a fiance actually was killed in the World Trade Center. So I said that too. She's like, no, that that's not it. And I said, I just don't know that. And if she was a fake, she would have picked one of those. I mean, my God, she says, what's your connection to 9-11? I say, oh, I know someone who was killed in the World Trade Center. She would have said, yep, that's it. No, yeah. it was so, so legitimate that she was saying, she was telling me no, even though that would have been an easy pass for her. Like, Oh, you know, then I got, you know, cold, cold red him and that was right. No. And I she also had said during the reading, who who has trouble walking? At that point, I said, nobody. And she's like, hmm, you know, or she said, who, who who's in a wheelchair? Who's trouble walking? And I'm like, nobody. She's like, OK, well, you can think about that, whatever. Well, this reading was in, I would say, May of 2004. July, right after July 4th weekend, that's when my, my father had his stroke and he never walked again. 
So she basically predicted that. And then the whole 911 thing. And like I said, it would come in any form, 911, um, 116, you know, 1119. But like I said, now we see it everywhere many, many times, two or three days before something was going to happen. My father got, got an infection or something. He had to be rushed to the hospital in the middle of the night or my, my mother had trouble breathing again and she had to be rushed to the hospital. She was in the hospital eight times before she passed away because she had congestive heart failure. And but it, it was no coincidence. I would know. I would know. And it would be very stressful. Like I didn't really want to know. But in a way, I guess maybe it was the, the universe giving me a warning. So I guess in a way it was good, even though, oh, my God, I would just be waiting and waiting. I couldn't sleep at night. I would just be waiting for, for, for the call. My mother would call me. I'd be upstairs, you know, you know, dad needs help. You know, I, I, I'm having trouble breathing. I, you know, whatever. But and it would always happen two or three days. It would always happen. Yeah, I mean, and another thing I want to throw in there is I I truly believe it's commendable and honorable as hell did to take care of your parents every child should do that for their parents if it's needed oh thank you it it was the toughest year toughest period of of my life but they took care of me and everybody kept saying get get respite have someone come in for a couple hours a day whatever i said absolutely fucking not i said no i'm doing this i'm doing it i don't want any outside help i'm just gonna do it you know on, on on my own and i did and i'm glad i did yeah, I mean it's a very honorable thing to do, and thank you. I'm sure I'm, I'm sure your parents are extremely proud of you from heaven for doing that. Even I'm sure they're proud of you as you're doing it, and they, I'm I'm sure they probably favored you a little over your siblings even because of that. But yeah, I think that's why they they visit me and and send me the signs, and they know I'm receptive to it. And yeah, yeah, I mean they spirits tend to show themselves to either people they really loved in life and really helped them out. And they show them just signs and good blessings type of things, or they obviously can go to and just be disruptive to people who they who were mean to them in life or who treat them wrong in life. But it's obviously all about the, the energy, the, the good loving energy or the bad black negative energy. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But yeah, the synchronicity of seeing the time over and over again. I've heard that talked about by so many people and just spirits like giving us little messages in our heads to that we can't hear but we get the signal to look at a clock at that time or if it's even like the a matrix theory that we're living in some kind of computerized world where that's why these type of things happen because it's just coding for us to see the same over again i mean who knows i mean i can believe both things really because this world is so effed up that the matrix theory makes a lot of sense sometimes And something weird is I could not avoid seeing nine nine one one or eleven sixteen or eleven nineteen on the clock, because what would happen? Because it would make me nervous, and I don't. I would say, please don't let anything happen, even though I kept seeing this. But if I looked at the time and it said nine oh eight, I would make sure I would get plenty of time. I would not look at the time. I'd consciously do this, not look at the time. For a few minutes, let it go by the 9-11. When I tell you, it felt like sometimes I would wait 10 minutes and from 9-08 to 9-11, just a few minutes. But it felt like I would wait like 10 minutes. So, okay, phew, avoided it. I would look at the time, like what it would feel like 10 minutes later, and it would say 9-11. It's like I could not avoid it. It's like time like stood still or moved somehow. I could not avoid it. I'm like, Jesus, because it was letting me know you can't avoid this. 
it's going to happen. Whatever it is, it's going to happen. It was weird. It was weird. That's it's freaky as all hell. It really is. And yeah, well, well, I, I mean, I never had something happen like me like that. That I can remember in my who knows, but I mean, the next part of your story, I want of your experiences, I wanted to touch on was, uh, well, oh my God, <laughs> I'm just lost the uh, the reader, the reader you went and saw the media. I never had the, yeah, I never had the pleasure of doing that. I always. To, but for years, I thought it was a scam to, do, to go to psychic readers and have them give you readings. Like, I always thought it was just a. Oh, there are a lot of fakes out there. There are a lot of fakes, and I didn't know if she would be one or not, but I never did it before. And the way I met her in a bookstore, thinking of my grandmother looking, because I was all, always interested in that, looking for a book to read on spirituality. She actually recommended a book to me when we were there that day talking that I bought called Conversations with God. But um, the way that it happened just ran to her at, at that that exact time. We're both there. And it was only the two of us in that section at that time. I forget exactly how the conversation started, but it started. And, and she was pretty local to me. It, it was just weird how it happened. And then thinking about my grandmother, running into a psychic medium who ended up being 100% legitimate and then having the reading and her saying my grandmother's name. Fuck. You know, and a dog's yeah. name. And pre- it just, it, believe me, it was the real deal. But there's a lot of scammers out there, cold readers. And like I said, if she was a cold reader scammer, you, you know, she might say, you know, I would think she might say, say that to everybody. What's your connection to, to 9-11? And when I actually had a real one, somebody I knew went to school with that was killed at the World Trade Center in 9-11, she really any fake would have jumped on that. OK, yep, that's it. See, I was right. But she said no. And I brought up the other one, the, the cop's fiance. She said, nope. So you have to think about it. And then, like I said, eventually found out what that connection to 911 was. But, yeah, she was not a fake. In any I mean, yeah, there are tons of fakes out there. I mean, the classic carnival comes to town and there's a re- right, there's always right, a, right. a medium there. And a lot of times they're fake or they pick people out and like do shows to try to make it look like they're real even and like they get the information on the person beforehand and give them a little cash for it but yeah I mean even if even if she was trying to lead you on by not agreeing to the first idea you had for 911 she would have at least jumped on the second and tried to get right 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 like there's like there's I honestly believe she was a real medium and that she had the power which because I've heard plenty of podcasters talk to mediums and the real ones exist. I mean, I know people I went to high school with even that are into tarot or Wicca and say they can actually talk to or certain spirits. And right. I fully believe it's possible. I mean, I'd love to be able to do it myself, but I just don't. Yeah, have I to... can't do it myself either. But uh, yeah, no, there are real ones and there are scammers out there. But I really, it, it all ha- everything happens for. A reason everything in life happens exactly the way it's supposed to happen, and that friggin' happened the way yeah, it's that, supposed to happen for a reason. That's the other thing I was gonna say is that the fact that she was in the bookstore that day, like just happened to be in that aisle. I mean, yes, she would probably be in the spirituality aisle if she's a medium, just because right that might, that might be an aisle she frequents, but also, I mean, my guest last week wrote this book I loved, and one that's one of the things, one of the things in her books is that angels would show up at the at certain times and like just things in people's ears so that people think it's their self-conscious or whatnot. And 
it would encourage people to do things in order for certain things are and who knows maybe she had some angel or some spirit whispering her ear go to Barnes and Noble in the spirituality section there might be someone that needs you no, so, and somebody sent her there and somebody sent me there at that exact day and time otherwise it wouldn't happen it, if it was a half hour off I don't know how much time she spent there I don't remember exactly how much time I was there in that section but it was say 20 minutes off whatever we never would have met and why would we start just talking anyway? And then, you know, just how it happened so naturally and organically, I, I could not not make an appointment with her. I called her the next day. I said, yeah, I'll think about it. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. I've never done it before. It was, I think, 75 bucks. I'm like, she could be the real deal. Let me go find out. And I found out she was. She couldn't look up any of the information that no. she was giving me. There's no way she could have looked up any of it. Anyhow. It was a time before it was before that existed, even really that ability. I mean, unless you're that, unless you were the FBI or the CIA, you don't have no, that technology right, 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 right. in the early two thousands. Yep. But yep. the whole thing, I mean, the threads of fate weed themselves to where they're going to be. There's no other way around it. I've, I mean, I take the scene from the freaking Hercules Disney, movie and I literally just picture <laughs> that as what fate is. I mean, it's the best way I can describe it because that's what I grew up with. But that's just that's why I picture fate as. I mean, uh, the the Greeks and the Norse had each had their own beliefs that there were fates that the gods would consult whenever they need to know what was going to happen in the future. Oh, and okay. I never saw it. Well, I mean, this goes back to just plain mythology too. But Nor the Norse had uh, I forget what the heck they're called. I mean, they're in, the, in Norse mythology. They're at the bottom of the world tree in a swamp. There's and there's always three of them. There's always three usually haggard-looking old ladies who are the fates, and they everybody's future and they know what the future holds for everybody. Odin in mythology consorted them multiple times to try to stop Ragnarok. If if you go to Greek mythology, all the gods in that canon would also just talk to the fates that were on top of some mountain. I can't remember what the heck it's called at this point. I wasn't even thinking about talking about, about fates tonight originally, so I didn't do any like quick research on them again, but all the gods and all the Greeks would go to these fates too, just to learn their future and try to get a glimpse of it. So this is a tale older in time, really. And I truly have right. always believed in it and read more into it. Yeah, Were there, really any, did you have any other other paranormal experiences you wanted to share tonight? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's one that popped in my head a few minutes ago when my mother passed away but my this is before my father had his second stroke and i was taking care of him i was in my room upstairs and i had a picture it was a picture above my desk of the, the cast of seinfeld it was a really cool black and white photo but i wedged in two two small pictures i guess five by sevens one on the right side bottom right of my my grandmother the one that i was talking about um in a yard in a house that she lived in before I was born. And the left bottom hand corner, I had a little five by seven picture of my picture. Well, I went into my room one time and they were both on the desk right next to each other, maybe an inch apart, but even as hell, like someone placed it there with a ruler, took them down and placed them right next to each other with a ruler. If they're just going to, and they fell, fell off at the same time. Yeah, sure. Okay. 
but they because they, they were wedged in but they were sitting right there on the desk and i remember my sister was home at the time and i said i like kind of screamed i'm like susan and she's like what i'm like did did you take the pictures off the seinfeld picture and put it on my desk and like i i knew she didn't why, why would she but she's like no I, i'm i'm like you you you're you swear you serious and she said no i'm like come come here and she came in and i showed it to her she's like wow i said this is where i just found them when i just walked in the room i, just, I can't again something else you can't explain people people can say anything like i was a coincidence but i just the ones that i've mentioned so far the experiences you put them all together it can't be a coincidence the odds would be astronomical for all that to just be a coincidence and then I have something big that I can share at the end where I know absolutely nothing is a coincidence and that there is life after life. Yeah. I mean, stories like this before where people were, or not people, but object move it, objects get moved. And I mean, it's just unexplainable how it happens. Either no one's in the house or someone's, or no one's around playing jokes on you. No one's around. Right. You know, no, you know, no, you know, no living being could uh, like there's no logical possible like explanation for it, so it has to be something otherworldly. I mean, and I don't think it, you know, some kind of goblin or gremlin or fairy or something like that that would just come in your house and do that unless there's a history of that. So it has to be something that's connected to you or following you, right around. Mm-hmm. And there was something that happened very recently, a couple of months ago. Now I lose track of time. Two two and a half months ago. It was the middle of the night. I got up to go to the bathroom and I didn't have to turn on any lights. It was, you know, you get the moonlight coming in where it was like light enough. Anyway, I walked out of my room, went to the bathroom, going back to my room right near the, the hallway is hardwood and my bedroom is carpet. Anyway, I opened, uh, pushed the door back open a little bit to walk in my room and I heard a clink. I heard a noise. So I turned my light on and I'm looking all around. There was a penny. There, there was a penny right on the border. It was on the hardwood, but right on the border of the, the hallway and my bedroom. And I picked it up and, and looked at it. And I, I really, I looked at the year to see if the year was like significant, like, you know, my parents, one of my parents' birth years or my, but it wasn't anything significant. I think it was 1992. But the point is I had lounge pants on it, pajama pants on. I never put anything in, in those pockets and certainly not, not money, not change. That was like, you know, the old joke, pennies from heaven. But that was a sign from my mother, my father, maybe my grandmother, maybe my dog Fluffy that I had when I was a kid. I don't know. But it was a, a sign from somebody because I just heard this clink just going about to open my push my door back open to go in. And, yeah, it, it was a penny. Where did it come from? I don't know. In the middle of the night, <laughs> it didn't fall out of my pocket. I wasn't holding a penny. I'm just going back to my room from the bathroom. And that happened very recently. And I hung on to it. Now, was the penny from a certain year or anything that would have 1911 no, or something that would add up? No, no. That's what I was saying. I, I did look at the year to see if there was any significance. But no, it, it, it was 1992, I think. There was no significant year or number but just the fact that there was a penny that appeared out of nowhere and like you fell from the sky from the 
air from you know from something it i uh, there was no explanation for that again none no physical explanation for that and just to play the skeptic because someone always has to but was there there's no there's no chance that anybody ever nobody else was in the house that could have dropped it in the last sleeping or something no no nobody else in in my house and like i said it was the middle of the night and right when i was you know about to cross over the threshold into my my room i i heard a noise like i said i no lights run hallway light wasn't on my bedroom light wasn't on but i turned my bedroom light on after i heard that to see what the hell it was and i'm looking around and it was it was a worn penny kind of matched the hardwood so at first i didn't see anything then i looked closer and i saw that it was a penny there's no other i i don't know there's no explanation for that yeah that's pretty wild actually can't explain that at all and i doubt anybody really could i mean unless no, and i i am not not a liar i don't make things up i don't need attention everything i say is real i, I there's no reason for me to to lie or make anything up these are all very real experiences 100 percent. wasn't a hundred dollar bill or something but <laughs> yeah right well i might not have heard that <laughs> but i would have seen you it in see- the morning uh, yes, you, know, you, were, um, you were seeing in the morning. I would eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now that, that would be something. You have no idea how much water I would fucking drink before I went to bed every night if I knew that, you know, going back from the bathroom in the middle of the night, $100 bills, I, I'd want to pee all night long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I definitely would be the same way too, but. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, it reminds me of a kid and I reached into my one jacket pocket in the cafeteria at elementary school in like third grade and I randomly had $30 in my pocket, like a 20 and a 10. And I, I didn't know how it got there. I don't, I was in third grade. I didn't, I didn't uh, remember yeah. having I say, what, 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 what kind of job did he have in third grade? That was a pretty good job making that kind I of I mean, cash. I don't know if my dad gave me money. To, if he didn't have pockets at the time, he just asked me to hold on to it. And he forgot about it. And I forgot about it, but I ended up buying, I ended up buying snacks for everybody in the cafeteria and getting the girl. But <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but that, but and I remember it was a Mighty Ducks Anaheim Mighty Ducks jacket because I was Ducks movies at that time. That's it was like a windbreaker type jacket. Uh-huh. I can remember that down to that details because it's such a rare memory in my head. But, wow, that's pretty God, cool. Was there any other uh, experiences you had, or? Uh, let me see. Uh, the. Well, uh, okay. All right. Yeah. Here, here's something going back to my mother and the flower job. Um, my mother, uh, she, she, this is before she really got sick, but she, in, in this notebook, she wrote down what she wanted. She didn't want a viewing. She didn't want a service, but she picked out the funeral home that she wanted us to use Freeman's funeral home in right, right in town. Um, yeah, I meant to actually mention this before when I was talking about it, but there's so much in my head right now. Um, but anyway, so my sister and I did follow her wishes and used that. And when I did, I did not notice it when we went to the first time to make the arrangements. But that day that we went back after we got the call that her ashes were ready to be picked up, there was a placard uh, right next to the front door that had the funeral director's name his name was glenn which is my name with two n's but his full name it said glenn a freeman okay so you know coincidence in in quotes that first name is glenn with two n's 
that ain't got nothing to do with shit. I will tell you the really freaky part. If you look at his whole name, Glenn A. Free Man. My mother always felt so bad that I was taking care of them 24-7. She even said that, you, you, you know, you don't sleep. And I said, yes, I do. She's like, no, you don't. Because every time she, she would call me, I, I'd be up all night. I'd be, like, always half awake, pick up the phone, uh, you know, and then run, run downstairs. And there was one time where she was having a good day. And she, she said, you know, go out with your friends for a couple hours, whatever. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. You know, I, you can call me. I can call you. And I went to a bar, hung out with my, my friends for a couple of hours, and I had called her to tell her I was about to come home. This is like maybe an hour after being out. She's like, no, everything is good. You can stay out, stay out a little bit longer. Um, you know, you can get out of jail for a little bit. So that was significant to me. Glenn, a free man. It's just you put it all together. It, it's like, you know, she was saying that she passed now and now I'm free. You know, it, it just... You know, that's not even reading too much into it. Uh, come on. And on top of that, Jeremy, on top of that, the flower shop that I was working for, not right when I started, but a few months, maybe even close to a year there, the florist that I was working for got an account with that funeral home to um, do all the funeral flowers and arrangements. She had the account with that funeral home. I ended up going there like three days a week delivering flowers and I would even set them up on the stands next to the deceased in the caskets and everything. So it's weird how it came full circle. I ended up getting that job, just going for it, saw it in the paper, and I ended up going there all the time. And, you know, used it for my father, too. When he passed away, became friends with Glenn A. Freeman. But it just, it come on, it's just everything all together there is just was meant meant to be all signs all meant to be all everything it just you can't explain that shit you, I, i've told this to people like come on really 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 yeah really 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 all that really really happened synchronicities and fate i mean they're, yep. two, they're two they're two things that hold true and honestly actually i may just actually came up with that, a name for this episode with that too long that those three words right there but <laughs> yeah well there you go <laughs> But, but yeah, that's insane. I mean, you gotta love that he works out perfectly. I mean, it even does, though yeah. it's it's a, it's a sign that obviously he's gonna be there because he's the owner manager of the funeral home, and it's same in the, in the title. But it's just right the way yeah, the way it works out uh, with the spelling and everything is just too. I perfect. know, like, I I know, and I really thought about it and. Uh, like Glenn, a free man. And I just, it like brought tears to my eyes. It was my mother saying that you're free now. You're a free man now. You don't have to take care of me anymore. And thank you for taking care of me. It just, like I said, and then end up going there all the time. And, and before my mother passed away, I used to be terrified of dead bodies. I wouldn't want to ever be around one, but I became so comfortable. I had no qualms in this funeral home, setting up flowers around the uh, deceased. And I would even talk to these people not out loud but in my head i'd be looking at them as they'd be setting up the the flowers on the flower stands you know just saying you know at least you're at peace now i don't know how your life was but you're you know like i would just because i know that that their their soul has to be somewhere around their body or they're they're you know feeling my energy somehow and that i'm in tune with everything and it just really it was a beautiful turned out to be a beautiful beautiful thing i wasn't afraid of anything after uh that but just 
being that the florist happened to work for it, got the account there and I'm there all the time and wild, very, very wild. It sounds, I mean, I could, it's, it's one of those, <laughs> it's so, it's so realistic that it's believable. It's so realistic. It's believable and unbelievable at the same time. Right. Like it's right. in the ground and wow. I just, I really can't even think of anything else to say that because it just all lined up so perfectly. It's, Synchronicities. Uh, just it's a just very real word. It is a very real word, uh, and everybody, whether they realize it or not, it happens to everybody. Uh, some just aren't in tune, don't think about it. It's not on their mind. They're not open to. Because, yeah, know, and, but it happens to everybody. Yeah, I mean, I kind of have synchronicities in a way because I do have premonition dreams where all. They're never important. They're never, oh, do this. Or you're not going or you're not gonna be able to stop Putin or something like that. Like it's always just bullshit conversations with someone at a store when I go there, go to different work or a conversation with my girlfriend and the kids or something like that. And then I'll dream about it, kind of forget about it. And then I'll, for a week, two weeks, a, a month or two later, it, it'll happen exactly as I dreamed it. And I'll be like, wait a minute. Wow. This is all familiar. This is all way too familiar to me. I mean, it's never anything in affected my life in any way where it's important decisions and I see how they play out. It's just conversations or moments but it's something. Yeah, and when you think back, you're like, oh, wow, wait a minute. Yeah. I, I can't remember what the last one was because I don't dream that often anymore as I got older. Like, maybe it's because of the weed, but I don't I don't that, dream often. That that could be it. That knocks you out. Yeah. It does. I mean, I... but. I do. I, I mean, when we first moved into this house, we bought in Gardner, Massachusetts back in November. Well, that, that we first moved in here and we've had some, I've talked about before in the show and we've had some weird things happen in this show. And we're pretty sure the original residents of the house that built it are still living here in that spirit form. Be. I mean, we've had investigators in here and we basically believe it. My girlfriend saw some weird stuff last week when she was up late one night without me. So, but I don't know. All I know is that when we first moved into the house, I was having crazy, crazy dreams and some of them became premonitions and some of them were just insanely crazy dreams. Like I was on an acid trip or something <laughs> and like being on a, being in a video game or something, something that. Yeah, no, it's all. Yeah. I mean, you're probably right. There probably are spirits still hanging around They're They're attached to that property, to, you know, to that house. Yeah, some I would love to get the paranormal investigate one of the one of the paranormal investigators that was the main one that came to the house. I'd love to get them on and have them talk about like what they experienced here and like what their reading said and everything. I just want someone. I just want people to hear from a voice besides mine. What what that what? I mean, yes, right. I had the report. I had the report they gave me. I have video. I have pictures they gave me from when they were here. And actually, in one of the all right, I'll again because i've done it before in the show but in my son's room while standing by his door inside the room with the door shut with the two investigators in there and emps and evps wherever they are and they had their dividing rods and we were asking questions to a spirit that's supposed to be in there and all of a sudden my got cold as ice like it just felt like i was surrounded by a frost storm in the middle of winter wow and i told them this so the main investigator me and they sent me three copies of them and in one of the copies it kind of looks like you can see a outline of a face behind me 
like kind of like underneath, like kind of between my arm and my side. Like wow. I, it just it's creepy almost in a way. And like I've shown people this these pictures for my family and whatnot, and some don't see anything. But then a couple of them are like, "Yeah, I kind of make something out there," and there's nothing else in the room it could be. I mean, there's not. It's just a door behind me and a wall. No objects behind me to mistake as anything. So, I mean, that experience is creepy, and hopefully, I can get them on here eventually so they can tell a story from their. That way, people don't just, don't just think I'm making stuff up for my podcast or I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be a really cool episode if you could get them on. Yeah, I gotta email them again. Get them on, or I I gotta see if their phone numbers in the email they sent me. So I guess give them a call. But I will work on that in the future, fans and future fans. And it just but, that when you mentioned uh, your 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 son and this that it reminded me of something else. This is and I was a baby. Like I said, we moved to the house that I had the flower delivery to that I grew up in when we were two and a half, maybe three years old. And we lived in East Newark, New Jersey, uh, for the first two and a half, three years. Well, I was a little baby there. You know, I was a baby. I remember, and I see it in my head now, like it was yesterday, My there was my crib, and it was below a window. I had told my mother one time, and to me, it was real as anything. And this is like, you know, maybe when I was like four or five, I, I remember telling her this, that I remembered this, that um, some man opened the window and picked me up out of my crib and was running not running, but like walking really fast down the street with me. And my mother said, what did he look like? And I, I described him. He had long black hair. He had a, a um, black beard and it kind of looked like like a younger Charles Manson. But that's not I, I'm just trying to so you can get and your audience yeah. can get the idea. But anyway, I described how he looked to my mother. And I remember the look on my, on my mother's face. She was like she believed me, but she was kind of taken aback and she said to me you know when, when I was a little girl I remember walking down the street with my mother and someone a man who looked just like you described burned my dress with a cigarette you shouldn't go on fire just put a hole in it so I, I forget how the full story went but she was like sounds like like the same guy like she didn't really say no you're imagining this uh, because you put me back I remember being put back also through the window back in my crib. And I was a little kid who didn't know anything from anything then. And I was telling my truth, you know, to my mother. I remember the way she looked at me. Her eyes got smaller. Her head went back a little bit. And, you know, she then she she told me that. And so I don't know. I have no idea, like, what connection, how that would work or whatever. But, yeah, that was just another weird thing from when I was really, really young weird i mean it's i mean did well first things first i love the charles manson reference but you were, <laughs> yeah I mean, but he really I, did look like it but it wasn't him you know i'm not saying charles oh, manson took me out of my uh i didn't know who the hell charles manson was at the time but um, i mean yeah yeah there's a lot of people out there that look like charles manson i mean there's right. always biker types in the hippie and like the dirty hippie types that look like charles manson right and i mean but the, the years are off way off for that to happen <laughs> for that to be yeah. way in different sides of the country but yeah i mean that i just wanted to clear that part up a little bit for our listeners but, <laughs> but i mean yeah did your do you do you remember if your mother said anything like besides just a cigarette burn like did he 
try to pick her up maybe and walk down the street with her or nope nope nothing like that the only thing that i remember her telling me was that that this man um burned her dress with a cigarette and she was with her her mother i don't know like she didn't make it seem like it was like malicious like he was trying to burn a little girl but it just like happened maybe like you know where he was standing and you know they they stopped on the street and it just happened whatever I don't know all the details about that. She didn't, I don't remember telling me like every detail, but it wasn't, it was just something that happened, just an incident. And, but how I described this man to her, she was like, wow, it, it, it clicked in her head that that's, she said, that's exactly what, what he looked like. And she couldn't figure out why this little kid might've been four, maybe five telling her this, that I remember from when I was a little baby in my crib and described this man and what happened and but she did not say huh you're crazy she just had this look i'll never forget and you know said that i'm like huh and she was kind of like also like huh and that was really it we never talked about it after that but it was a weird weird thing yeah i mean i've talked about on the show before like how when we're children we have certain abilities that we don't don't have when we cross a certain threshold i mean it's I like to call it the baby genius theory because I love that movie. But basically, once before you can talk, before he, before we can talk and really understand and be happy, we have a lot of the ability to see and feel a lot more than we do once we could cross that threshold. It's just, from oh, yeah. be, I think it's from, I think it's from being so, like being so close or like so close to where you came from in the great beyond that you can still kind of feel the great beyond until you get number of years away from being in it then you lose the connection well that's the whole thing that that i've heard when i've done my research on it too is that yeah children very young children are still connected to the spirit world even though they've been born and they're human beings at that point that they're still connected spiritually to the spirit world and you know as you get older and you know you you're a product of your environment and you know, you're told different things. It, it just all goes away. Um, yeah. You, you may have heard this on uh, my episode 58, a couple of days ago or my episode number eight, but I'll tell your audience uh, the story when I was eight or nine, having to do with my grandmother, Bridget. Uh, my sister and I would go to Sunday school. My grandmother would go to church. I would, uh, me and my sister would go to church with my grandmother after Sunday school well, we came back from church. This has nothing to do with church specifically, but it's just this is how, how it happened. We came back from church and I don't know where my sister was at that moment, but we we shared a room. It's a three bedroom house. You know, my parents master bedroom and me and my sister were, were really shared a room. And then my grandmother had her bedroom. Well, anyway, I went into our bedroom and between the two beds, I, I just I something made me crouch down i i heard a male voice saying go kiss your grandmother and i remember getting a chill but not even thinking this was a weird thing and it never happened to me before like i'm, I'm hearing a voice in my head and i'm not crazy people um but anyway i crouched down and this male voice said go kiss your grandmother and i said no just like that I was a little boy i'm like no he's like please go kiss your grandmother and i said no and i he said why but i'm just like no he said please go kiss your grandmother he was like insistent so i just said okay so i got up and i just went through the living room into the kitchen my grandmother was sitting 
on a chair watching the TV in the kitchen and my parents were standing behind her. They were watching something and we are not, uh, which I've described, not a kissy huggy family at all. We didn't just go around kissing each other or, or saying, I love you. We were a very close family, but just weren't like, you know, like that. So anyway, I walked up to my grandmother in the chair, kissed her on the cheek and, you know, she had a shock look on her, on her face. And I just turned around, and started, started running. Both of my parents went, Oh, what was that for? I didn't turn around. I didn't say anything. I just ran out of the kitchen, went back into my room, crouched down right where I, right where I was before. And I said, okay, I did it. The male voice said, good boy. And that was it gone. Never happened again. I believe that was my grandfather. I never met, you know, wanting to send that message to, you know, uh, my grandmother just just wanted to give her a kiss and used me and i was eight or nine i was eight or nine then just so many things i yeah you have interesting life that's for damn sure but yeah i i have i did hear this story on episode eight i believe i of your show because i you told me to listen to that and i i always try to follow through my word and listen to certain episodes that people tell me to listen to. Yeah, it would just be good preparation for your show, you know, paranormal and whatnot. So that's why I wanted you to listen to it. And plus anything to do with the paranormal interest to me. So I always will listen to anything paranormal if I have the time just to learn more and hear more. And this, I mean, that story right there is just, I mean, it makes sense to me 100% because maybe he did this. Maybe your grandfather wanted to show your grandma some love, whether it was him sending a message through you or just him set like want her to feel like her grandkids want her around and want to, her to feel loved. Yeah. I mean, my personal vibe feeling was just that like he just wanted her to feel love period. But you know, from yeah. him, even though she wouldn't know it um, who knows, maybe in some way she knew it, but you know, but, and, and another weird thing was that, because that was so out of character for any of us. And they, after the fact, when they saw me, they, my grandmother or my parents did not say a word about it. Like, what, what was that about before anything? No, it was like it never fucking happened. Really. And I wouldn't want to have talked to I because I, w- I would not have told them, well, this is what happened. I was crouching be- between our beds. And I, I think it might have been grandpa who I never met talking to me in my head telling me to go do i never would have said that i i don't know what i would have said if they confronted me later on and said you know what what did you do that for you know out of the blue all of a sudden i just probably would have said oh i don't know you know but nothing nothing i didn't have to um answer for that at all and it believe me it was out of the norm for our family and it was like it never happened like it was meant like you know my grandfather just you know didn't want to make it awkward for me or something so like erased it from their minds like like it never happened because i was surprised that my grandmother especially uh and my parents all of them all three of them that they never said a word about it i mean well it's it was something so innocent they probably were just like okay maybe he's wanted to kiss his grandma maybe he was feeling extra affectionate or something like that like i don't know i mean it's not i mean it kind of brings me back well it brings me back to a story I was just telling a minute ago about being in my son's room during the whole investigation. And with the divine rods, we were asking them questions, the spirits questions, and they were giving yes or no answers with how divine, with how divine rods work, which I don't know if divine rods work or not. I really 
don't know I what don't to believe know. with them. But I we were asking them questions like, do you like the house since we bought it? And they were and they were saying yes. To, yeah. So basically, we were asking them the questions like, do you like what I did to this house? Do you like the improvements I made since I bought it? And so, yeah, in my son's room, when we were asking the, the questions I was just talking about, when I'm like, no one else heard this, but in my ear, I hear the softest, ever slightest, thank you. Really? And it was, got chills down my spine. My All my hairs on my shoulders were standing on end, and it was just like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. And, and like, I almost was, I was almost in tears at this point, because it's like, sudden manifest. I'm like, whoa, whoa, like. The night I was just sitting on the couch, like after they left, I was just like, "Oh my god, that's insane!" And like I, I couldn't yeah. get over it for days. And it's just, and like no one else heard it because I asked them after we left the room, like, "Did you guys hear that?" And they're like, "No." And I guess the video didn't pick up anything either. So, but I don't know if they're saying it into my head or if they were saying it like right next to my ear or something, or if they're like literally right on top of me, just saying it in my ear. I don't know. Yeah, it could could be either. It could have actually been just in your mind you were receiving that, or it could have been like a physical whisper in your ear. It could really could have been either. Yeah, it was just it it made me a believer again, basically in spirits. I mean, I always believed and always wanted to believe, but just never had the proof. And I'm one of those people who that's the reason I'm agnostic. I need to see proof before I believe anything. I'm a scientifically minded guy. I need to see the proof before I believe anything. You know the whole scientific method, but right. Well, that's why I don't try to convince anybody. You know, I'm like I said, I'm not a liar. I'm not crazy. I'm not someone who looks for attention. I don't need to say this stuff. It's not something I talk about all the time. You know, it it just it it it, it is what it is. But I get that if you don't experience it for yourself, you're not. It's hard to believe when someone tells you. I say, oh, now I totally believe because he told me this happened to him. I know that's not not how it works because it won't work with me, but I've experienced so many things that I know it's real because I've really experienced everything I've said. And I think now I'm going to tell you the real big thing. I'm going to tell you, you've heard it, I guess, but I'm going to tell your audience the, the real big thing that solidified 100% that there is life after life, 100 million percent. It has to do with my father, who was in the nursing home. He... All of a sudden, he was found unresponsive one day. We got a call. He went to the hospital. Um, he wasn't clinically dead or anything, but they, he was unresponsive. They revived him, turned out what was happening. His breathing was very labored, and they found out why, because there's something in the – there's a flap in the back of your throat. I forget the exact medical term, but in older people, he was 83. In some people, that deterior, deteriorates. And any food you eat, it goes directly to your lungs. And that's why his breathing was labored. And he was complaining about back pains for like uh, for a back uh, about a back pain for maybe a couple of months before this. But actually, they, they took x-rays and everything and they, they found nothing. I don't know how, but nothing. But anyway, that had to be related to it. So anyway. After that, after he got to the hospital and went back to the nursing home, they said that, that he could not eat solid food anymore. He had Everything he ate had to be pureed. No matter what, what it was, it had to be pureed. And he was someone who was not on any uh, restricted diet. We would bring him fried chicken and you name it. 
Um, that was all he had to really live for laying in bed in the nursing home day in and day out. He was there for close to four years was food, looking for the food that my sister and I would bring him every night. He would eat whatever lunch they gave him, but he knew that he would be getting a really good dinner every day we were there every day. We never forgot about him. And anyway, he was really upset that he couldn't eat solid food anymore. And he wasn't eating the pureed food because he, he didn't like it. And I understood, but we were all, you know, the, the nurses, the nurses aides, my sister, me were saying, but dad, you have to eat. You have to eat. You know, what's going to happen if you don't eat. So I had my final talk with him and he had a bowl or a plate of pureed, some shit in front of him. And he picked up the fork or a spoon, put it in his mouth, took one, one bite, one swallow and put it, the utensil back down and said, there, I tried it. I don't like it. And I said, okay. And I told everybody after that, I, I told the nurse and the nurse's aides and my sister, don't try to force him to eat anymore. He doesn't want to. Can't force him. He's 83. He's had two strokes. You know, just if that's what he wants, then I know it's going to happen, but let it go. And then the doctor had called me and said, well, we could put him on a feeding tube. He already had to have a catheter. He had the catheter. He had a saline IV hooked up to him and something else. He had enough tubes in him. And the doctor even said that even with the feeding tube, it doesn't mean there was basically poor food into his stomach. But he said that doesn't even mean that your father will get all the nutrients and vitamins that, that his body needs anyway. So I said no to the feeding tube. And that was for my father because I'd be keeping him alive just for me. And that's selfish. And he's, you know, been through enough. So as we all knew what would happen, um, he stopped eating and he started losing a lot of weight. And when you don't eat, your mind kind of goes a little bit. And, you know, he was declining. And the doctor told me that he's declining. And I said, I know. And eventually he lost uh, the power of speech because he was so weak and he would just uh, he would just lay there and he couldn't talk. Um, but a few days before that happened, I went there to visit him and I walked in the door and his bed was against the window. So I walked in the door. He's facing the door. He's actually up on his side, laying on his right side. And he like didn't even acknowledge me. I said, you know, hi, dad. And I went around to his left side and I sat in the chair and he still his back to me. And I he was talking, but very, very low. I couldn't understand a word he was saying at that point. Then all of a sudden, this is all a matter of maybe like uh, 30 seconds. But he turns around after I, I'm sitting down for a few seconds and his eyes were, were real big and wide. And, and this is exactly how he said it. They said, I'm going to die. And I said, really? And he said, yeah. And then he turned back around, still on his right side. And then I heard um, words, but he was just saying, oh, OK. Okay. Okay. And then he just lays back flat in the bed and I didn't say anything right away. A few seconds went by and he's just said, where did your mother go? And I said, I didn't want to like startle him saying, what the hell are you talking about? What happened? I, I just said, Oh, I don't know. I just got here. And that was the end of it. A couple of days after that, he he just laid there. His eyes were open. He was just staring in the space of the ceiling. He couldn't talk, nothing. And he was on hospice for the last three or four days before he passed. And I got a call from the nursing home one morning and said that 
today could be it. You really should come down. It was like 10 o'clock in the morning. I called out of work. I went right down there. And then I called my sister when I got there. I said, you need to leave work right now. Because they said it could be today, but it could have been like any minute. I said, now. Drop what you're doing. Come right now. So she did. And we were there the whole day with them. And, um, you know, everybody knew there that most likely was going to be that day. And all the nurses' aides came in. And they were just, he could still hear. Um, and I know that because one of the nurses' aides uh, had uh, yelled his name. His name was Fred. Really loud. He said, Fred! I mean, really loud. And my father just raised his hand right to the air and then put it back down. That's that's all he could do. And so he could still hear. But it was so nice. The woman who did the laundry at the nursing home, the nurses, aides, everything would come in one by one and say goodbye to him. It was really, really touching. They were all great. But anyway, we're me and my sister are sitting there. I'm on his left side holding his hand. My sister is on his right side holding his hand. And the hospice nurse at one point lifted up my father's um, sheet and looked at his legs and said, it's going to be soon. And she yelled. And I just mentioned this on um, my last episode that she yelled, Fred, your organs are shutting down. You know, it's almost time and whatever. Then she left. And it was real. Could the roommate, his roommate, they removed him from the room to give us privacy it was um, lights were off in the room, but it was a bright, sunny day. We we're right next to the window. So we light TV was on, but it was on low. It was about two thirty, I remember, in the afternoon because uh, Judge Joe Brown was just coming on. It was the opening, you know, credits or scene, whatever. And I'm just looking at the TV, still holding my father's hand. And I felt a very strong tug. And at this point, I didn't know, but he was like a breath and a half or two away from the end a strong tug on my hand and my head swung around and i saw his spirit but it was only his head and there, there were no eyes it was a like like a white cloud i like to describe it. it's the only way i can really describe it's like translucent the the total shape of his head about maybe six inches from his physical head but that was it just his head and i'm just looking at it and it's just there stationary staring at me and then this whole thing was about a total of I, i've counted it in my head a million times like seven or eight seconds but from the time i got that strong tug on my hand and i turn around and look and i see that i then i saw it slowly slowly move over to his physical head and shake back in just like you know you're trying to fit a round peg into a round hole and it's like a perfect fit and you got to shake it in a little bit that's exactly it just shook back in and one second after it was all the way in, nothing else was happening. I said to my sister, I said, something's happening. Then she turned her head and looked at my father and just said, I know. And she didn't know anything. I, or maybe she did, but didn't say it. But anyway, she just said, I know. And just watched his chest. A breath and a half after that, his chest stopped moving, looked at his eyes. They sunk in. He was gone. He was saying goodbye to me. He was saying goodbye. And... I've heard of spirits, you know, people seeing spirits leave the bodies, but I looked it up a million times. I've never seen anything on uh, something exactly specifically like I experienced where you see the spirit, but it didn't fly out the window or go up towards the ceiling or whatever. It went back into the body and then the body died. That I I don't know. I've never heard anybody, any story 
in any research I've done say anything like that. But that's exactly what happened. So I'm telling you, Jeremy, at that moment, even though I already believed and I was talking to my father when he wasn't able to to respond at all, telling him, you know, that you can go anytime you've done everything you had to do. You raised two great kids and, you know, your your work is done. You know, you can go. You're going to see mom and this and that. And um, he was just uh, and I guess maybe thanking me for taking care of him all that time. Also, I don't know, but he was saying goodbye. There's no way that when a body is just a few breaths from from dying, that it can give a strong tug on the hand and show his spirit. And so that that solidified it for me a million zillion percent that I know if nobody else knows and nobody else believes me, I know that there's life after life. And I always say, you know, in case people say, well, maybe you were, you know, under stress and duress and everything. No, no, I was waiting. I was waiting for him to pass away because I knew it was inevitable and it, it, it's his time. So, no, I was so wasn't crying, wasn't anything. I was like just waiting. And I've already been through my mother passing away. So, you know, I and I wanted to be there. I was hoping he would pass away while I was there. And um, yeah, so, no, I was under no stress. I wasn't delusional. I wasn't like, you know, so distraught, not even a little bit, because I know this life. I already knew that it was life after life. So I'm not like really upset that that he's dying. He's 83. It's his time. And, you know, I wanted that for him. So no more pain, no more this, no more that. And so anyway, Jeremy. Yeah. So that that is real. And that's why I know that there's life after life. See, this story right here, I was waiting for this story because I, the other day, I was jaw dropped, like, oh my God. It's just, yeah, it, it blew me away, which I, I believe everything you're saying because I've known you for a little while now and I, I've heard you talk to my friends and me and I, I know you tell the truth. I know you don't lie. You know, lie. I'm real and down to earth. I, I, don't, I don't bullshit on that. I'm just not. I, and I, I don't lie. And I mean, I, haven't heard of us. I haven't heard of any stories exactly like this. Of course not. I, no, the, I, I haven't. The only thing I can possibly theorize about it is maybe the soul thought it was time and it didn't realize it wasn't quite time yet, that it had a few minutes. So maybe it was trying to leave early or maybe maybe it was trying to give you a sign that your father because his body couldn't move because of the malnutrition or just everything else going on your father's body couldn't move. So maybe the spirit was his body, but instead of him moving, the spirit moved in, instead because it was about to be released anyway. Right. Yeah. The, I mean, the only thing I can, cause I mean, spirits leave every body, every single human body and people don't see it, you know, it, it's happening, but they're not privy to it. Um, the only thing that I could surmise from that was that, Okay, and it was only his head, which was weird, but it went right back into his physical head, and then he passed away. It was very possible that that I wasn't privy to seeing the rest of it, like when he actually took his last breath, when his whole sphere just, you know, left. But, man, I'm telling you, I saw that. I was, And I didn't say a word to my sister because I was afraid if I did, like, you know, look, she wouldn't see anything, or... It, or I would lose it, you know, where like I wouldn't be able to see it anymore. It would disappear. And I wanted to experience everything that was just about to happen, you know, so I, I didn't say a word. I was just staring. 
I was just looking oh, yeah. at it and I, I watched that happen. Like it went right back in his physical head and, you know, then, then he was gone. And I, yeah, I, you know, if there are other people in the room, they, they would have thought that I was psychic because if there were other people in the room and I was the only one seeing this and after it shook back into his head and I said to everybody, he's about to pass away in, in, a, in about two seconds. And then he would pass away in about two seconds. And then people w- would be wondering, well, how the hell did you know that? How do you know down to the second where he's going to you know, take his last breath? That's how I knew because I saw and I knew that it was happening right then and there. And that's why, you know, looked at his chest and it was a big breath and then half a one. And then there was nothing, nothing. And looked at his eyes. They sunk in. And I went to the nurse's station and said, you know, he passed away. They jumped up like like it's an, like it's an emergency. And I calmed them down. I'm like, nope. Like they, they were pretending, you know, that's what they, you know, it's a good thing yeah. to do for, for people who are going to be really distraught. You know, their loved one just just died in front of them. And, you know, but no, I, I'm like, no, guys, guys, guys take your time it's okay and uh you know then they went down there and the doctor and the nurse and they they pronounced them right right there in front of me and uh then i called freeman's funeral home and spoke to glenn a freeman he picked up the phone and uh you know told them that he needs to that they need to come down um for my father it was just a full circle wild wild and weird but very very real thing I mean, the timing alone makes me think that maybe the spirit thought it was time to leave the body a couple seconds too early, and that's why it was so hard because it could have probably left all the way if it wanted to, but it probably came out, and then maybe it heard something tell it, like, it's too early, go back in, or too soon, and yeah, it went mean, back we, in. Yeah, we could both uh, speculate about that. I don't know. I can't explain Oh, that. of course not. Um, but no, I mean, with, with the strong tug and showing me that, I think he was just saying, you know, I'm showing you, Glenn, I'm showing you, son, that, that I'm fine and that everyone's fine and there's life after life. And here's my spirit and that strong tug on your hand, which would be physically impossible to show you that, that, that this is real. And then they, that was it. They were just saying goodbye and giving me the greatest gift I will ever have in this lifetime on earth. Yeah, I mean, I unfortunately wasn't present when my father passed back in 2017. Uh, he was in Florida at the time, and I was gonna. He went. He had a heart surgery that went ba- that he woke up. Oh, went back down after that, and he just never woke up again. And oh, my brother sorry. was down. Eh, it's a. It's yeah. I it, it's that was my best yeah. friend, but. But I couldn't be there. I, I mean, I could have been there. I was about to take off time from work to head down there and visit him while he was basically comatose. But my brother was there, and my uncle, his brother, was there. So they both said, "Don't." They they got my permission, of course, to remove the machines too. Mm-hmm. So I would agree with them. And they just said, "Don't bother coming down," because I knew the funeral would be where we're from in New York. Like the next time we can get him in the ground. So right. they said, just don't bother coming down. It's not worth a plane ticket. I mean, he's. we don't know if he can hear you even, which he might have been able to. I mean, yeah, they now say I the think hearing about is it. The, last, the hearing is the very last thing to go. And that, that was proven to me, too, uh, you know, that, that he could hear. Like I said, when that nurse's aide, this guy Gabe, um, real loud, booming voice, you know, yelled, Fred! And his arm just shot up like like it scared the hell out, out of my father. And he, he, he couldn't talk. He couldn't move nothing. But that you know and and then 
uh, this guy gave the nurse's aide actually said to me that that everybody has a calendar. There's an exact day and an exact time when you're going to die, you know, when you're going to pass away. And he was absolutely right. Uh, you know, he's seen people pass away in the nursing home before, too, and seen things, you know, so he no, he was absolutely right about that. Um, I kind of freaked oh, out that, that he yelled at my father, you know, he was in that, that condition, you know, it kind of freaked me out, too. I jumped he, real loud, booming voice, really big guy. And I'm like, oh, shit. But yeah, I mean, so no, the hearing, my father heard everything until the very last. The hearing is the last thing to go. Yeah, I always wonder if I possibly could have, if I, I kind of wish now that I had my brother, like, put his phone to my dad's ear or something, so I could have just said goodbye or told him it's okay, you can go, you've done everything, like you told your father, like that he Yeah, he's that done may everything. have been a good idea, because uh, he would have been able to hear you, but you know what, you, you, you and besides that, he he's still around you. He's always around you. It's fine. You know, Believe me, he, he wasn't he, mad about that. Well, I mean, he was cremated, which according to some lore and superstition, mean your spirit can't come back to Earth if you're cremated. But no. I also, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like I said, it's some it's in some lore and some superstition. It's not defined. It's not proven, but. It's well, just both I, of my parents were created, uh, created. Well, yeah, created, but cremated, and uh, they have come back to say hello many, many times. So I know for a fact that that is just not true. Whoever came up with that—that's well, a well, supernatural used it. I don't know who came up with it, but um, <laughs> it's it's a very good. I mean, I, I'm very happy to hear that because if he at any time, sorry yourself, please. I would love to yeah, see because, you again, Ed, and let you see where my life has come in the last five years. Cremation is about the, the body. It's only the shell. I like to call it, and I didn't coin this term. I heard, I heard it somewhere with all my research, whatever, but it's just a meat suit. You know, it, you can do whatever you want to a body a, after <laughs> it passes away. It's not, it has nothing to do with their spirit or their soul. It doesn't affect it at all. The spirit's already gone. The soul's already out of the human body out of the meat suit it really doesn't have anything to do with it you could cremate it you could do whatever you want to it's just the body it really when the soul is gone the, that body means nothing it mean it was just the the vehicle for the soul and the body like everything else you know degrades deteriorates and dies it's just life that's the way it is but nothing to do with the soul at all yeah I've... It's funny you say that because meat suits is a phrase they use on Supernatural too. <laughs> but oh, okay. it's what yeah, they, like I said, I, I heard it before. I didn't make this up, but I, I just think it's like a funny, funny yeah. uh, term. So I, I like yeah. to use that. It's just a meat suit. Uh, on Supernatural, it's what the demons call when they're in a human. They call them the meat suits. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but I mean, yeah, I, I can truly believe that. I can. I really can. I mean to the previous residence's house like and I can't find out if they're cremated or not or buried I mean it's just not public record really but I don't know that family members but that's not something you go ask a family member like hey whatever happened to the body like you don't ask a family member that type of stuff so yeah I mean some people might be open to talking about it but a lot of people probably wouldn't they'd be like a lot of people a lot of people are probably talking about like what the fuck is wrong with you boy right right. that's what I'm saying (laughs) Are you okay? I mean, you know, 
but yeah. Well, it's your experiences are, have been awesome, Glenn. And if you do have any more, we can so down the road. I mean, or if anything else happens to you between now and then, we go as we go as add that in too and down the road you'll, you'll never know and yeah i'd be happy to come back on and talk about this and even other things not even my own experiences but about, about the paranormal in general and any, anything else related to it i i love talking about it well speaking things about paranormal this is when it's we'll that jump into time our... it's that time it's that time <laughs> i think i know what time it is folks that's right it's creature time and <laughs> yep my yep. Seg- my, my, seg- my segue got destroyed but it works that's <laughs> and right. Point about it. So, since we already talked about the afterlife so much, I'm gonna avoid those three or four subject, those three or four uh, creatures, just because. Yeah, we don't need to go back into that again. People want to hear people. People want to hear what you believe about other things, and maybe they want to hear about what I believe about other things, even though they heard a bunch of those explanations already. Let's do it. I want to hear what you believe about aliens. Oh God. We could oh, we could do a whole show on that, man. I, I'm so we into made, that too. But give a brief synopsis of your beliefs about aliens, whether you believe yeah. they exist or not. I totally you- believe that we are not alone in the universe. I think it's impossible for there to be no other life anywhere. I do believe that aliens exist, and I do believe that there have been uh, now they call them UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena. You know, UFOs. Um, I actually have a video and it's on my phone. I'll send it to you uh, later or tomorrow when I go go dig for it. But, yeah, there, there definitely are there, there is life on other planets. I totally believe in that. I have been since I was a kid and I just always believed there were aliens around. And I I had a couple experiences of my own that I talked about before. The first one was a couple of years ago. And I've seen some weird stuff since. And it's just they have to exist as underground. The fact that the government is talking about it now. Right. Yeah. I mean, the government actually admitted that not that they're aliens from another planet, but they admit now, which they never did before, that there are uh, flying objects that they do not know what they are. Yeah. And I mean, like the what's it called? Oh, my God. <laughs> the famous UFO. Oh, the Tic Tac UFO. Video. Yeah. Yeah. Tic Tac UFO video that the Navy put out or not Navy, the Air Force put out and. There's just been so many other examples of the government putting out videos and all over the world and government saying, we don't know what this is. I mean, they they most likely put out they they most likely said that during Trump's administration to try to take the people thinking about COVID so often. But I it's yeah. about time they finally they've, they've had projects for years in the works about Project Blue Book and Project Atlas and all those other projects where they had the government researchers looking into UFOs and aliens and. I truly believe that the government has aliens in some lab somewhere and that they're just and that they're just waiting for the right time to tell people without freaking them out. And I don't know when that will be. Maybe hopefully soon. I hope it happens I, in my life. I hope. I hope. Eh, we can we'll do we can always do an episode because I know that's a full oh, for yeah. every for everybody that's for most anybody that's into the paranormal aliens are a whole discussion piece of their own. Yeah, I can but, talk about that for an hour, too. And th- this next one, I think, is going to be another one of those things that we could talk about for an hour as well, but we'll do the best we can now. What do you believe when it comes to Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Yowies, or any of the other names they go by, Yetis? Yeah, I would like to believe in Bigfoot, and I 
kind of do. There are so many. I mean, people have said that that they've seen them and everything, but there are so many areas uh, and territories in on on this planet that aren't really that they're not inhabit inhabited by human beings. And I do believe that there could be creatures like that that are alive and well and reproducing and live way out in the wild. And I do believe maybe some people have have seen these. I actually had a Bigfoot hunter on on my show, I don't know how long ago now, um, uh, from North Jersey and he's big into it and whatnot. And I yeah, I mean I I, I would say I would lean more towards yeah, they, they do exist, uh, as opposed to no they don't. Once again I'm the same way. I feel the same way about it. I mean, I feel like they have to exist. There's so much evidence out there now. And I see videos posted on Facebook every week of supposed Bigfoots and whatnot. And it's just so many, so much proof. I ha- it has yeah. to exist. It has to. It exists. It has to be Bigfoot. And it's just has to. Yeah, I was very disappointed. You know, the, the most famous one, I think, back in the 70s, uh, was a video by Robert Patterson. But it turned out it was, like, so real. But it turned out that he admitted on his deathbed that that it was all faked and staged. It was a man in a, in a suit, a very good suit. Uh, but I was very disappointed to hear that that was not true because I, I really always, since I was a kid, believed that. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I'm yeah, former man suit. I know that they've proven that they've they've shown that, and they just like people have come out and made it. But that accounts for maybe maybe ten percent of all the sightings that have been occurred in the United States alone over the last two hundred years. Right, not all of them, but I'm just saying that one really disappointed me <laughs> when I found that out. Yeah, I know, but yeah. I mean, the Paris and Gimlin film has yet to be proven as a hoax. That has yet to be proven as a hoax. That's the original Bigfoot footage. Okay. Okay. Have you seen the Paris and Gimlin? I'm sure. No, I, I, I don't remember. If I did, it was a while ago. I, I'm not too up on that currently. Mind blowing, and people try to say to one of the four people that were there and shot that it's an original. Well, two people, Paris and Gimlin. They yeah. say that they think it would be in a suit, but. There are people who just say, like, from testimonies, that these two wouldn't lie. They weren't liars. And they were just out there doing stuff, and they just have to have a camera with them. Yeah, I'm going to have to check it out. What do you believe about dogmen? And I'm not I'm not saying werewolf, because I don't like that. The I'm talking about dogmen, just men who, through men or women, who, through some power of unknown origin turn to dogs and turn back and forth as they please. That's why I don't like werewolves because it's not when the full moon strikes. It's just when they please. You know what? You got me on that one because I have never heard of that. I really have never heard about that. Not one time. Not like I've heard about it, but I don't know much about it. I have never heard about that. Huh? Interesting because it is a, it's a, I wouldn't say worldwide, but it's definitely a phenomenon and alone. I mean, to mention a few more known ones, there's the Beast of Bray Road. There's, and I mean, there's, well, I've said this on this podcast before, but there's a, say, or at least there used to be, I don't know if it's still up. If it, I got to look, see if it's up. If it is, I got to put it in the notes for this episode so my listeners know what to look at. But I believe it was called Dog 
fighting.com. And it's just a map of the United States with red dots everywhere someone has reported a dogman sighting or a dogman encounter. But the red dots on this site, I mean, across the United States, even Alaska, I don't think there was any in Hawaii. But even if half those dots are tails, whatever, it has to be real to some degree with the amount that would still be left in that map. And it would, it's, I mean, there's stories, some of just guys out hunting and they see what it is, is you usually see a dog or wolf looking creature or coyote looking creature. You see it on all fours at first. Usually it can go both ways, but you see it on all fours at first, usually. And then it just stands up all of a sudden and runs away the other direction. Like a, and yes, people try to say, oh, it's a black bear. Mm, most people say no, because they had more canine features than black bears do. And because black bears have been proven to only be able to run their back feet for so long. There are people who have seen these creatures run through fields. where Like, like fields so barely see it when it gets to the end of the field. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, people well, have you, said it. You've got my uh, YouTube uh playlist already set up to check out this and the other Patterson Gimlet uh, video whatever yeah so I have things to I have things to, to look up now yeah it's just I mean it's scary in a way I mean just it just is I mean I yes it could be related to some people think it's a demon type of thing where a person to be, be live like this or some people think it's something that's passed down in blood and it's just a genetic line of these creatures that is little the woods roughing it and they just live out there because they have to because they can't fit into society because when they did that hundreds of years ago that's when people started yelling werewolves and them. well what i but. say is anything at all is possible it really is we don't even know half the things that are in our oceans uh, i've learned a couple of things that are wild that that the octopus can actually change color when um, there's a predator coming their way. They can blend into whatever surrounding they're in, change color to evade a predator. And there are also, uh, I found out, way, way down, like the bottom of the ocean, that there are actually, and it's pitch black, pitch black. There are actually fish that have lights that they light up because they adapted to that environment over the years and through evolution or whatever that they actually light up there are fish that that have lights <laughs> so anything is possible anywhere in the world in the wilderness places that that we can't even that are uninhabitable even in antarctica there could be life some kind of life form anywhere i i, I believe that nothing is impossible especially with all the things i've experienced i know that nothing is impossible yeah i mean i I, I actually knew both those things you mentioned about the ocean. I mean, I believe it's only certain octopi species that can do that technique. I don't think it's every octopus, but I think it's certain yeah, species. Yeah, I'm, I'm not that... a, a marine biologist, but I do remember seeing a video on that one time, and I was like, oh, shit. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's, That was just uh, recent, the, too. Uh, That's only within uh, the last year. Yeah. The ocean is a fucking... Reason. It's just... We know more about the surface of the moon than we do about the bottom of the ocean. Right. And that's on this earth. And, uh, you know, so it, yeah. Which, and I, 
fish you're talking about is called a lantern fish. I could be wrong. I, I mean, I know there's different ones that light up at the bottom of the ocean. That rings oh, a bell. Called. I couldn't recall the name during this moment, but yeah, that does ring a bell. Because I can see a picture in my head I've seen a thousand times of a ugly, ugly fish because it lives so deep down. Yeah. And it just, yeah. it has like the nest, like its mouth and everything. And yeah, it, it was really it has, ugly. Like, a, I do remember that. Yep. And I believe it has like a little, I want to say, what the hell I call it? Like an antenna, like an antenna almost coming out of its head that bends over and has like a little light at the end that looks like a light bulb almost. And but they survive. They, they survive. Yep. I mean, life finds a way wherever you put it. But whether it was placed there by a creator or whether it was evolved there, it finds a way to survive. Yep. But since we're talking about the ocean, we will do one more and just let's just say we'll combine these into one category, even though you should separate them. All right. Do you believe what do you think about either mer people slash water monsters such as Loch Ness or Pogo or Champ? Yeah, I do. Um, maybe because I'm 100% Scottish, but I do believe in the Loch Ness monster. Since I was a kid, I had a book on it uh, when, when I was a kid, and I, I've always been fascinated with that too. And I have seen some some videos and. I, I I like firmly believe that that's entirely entirely possible because like you know we say we don't know everything that that's in our, our oceans and yeah uh, there's been so many people who have had sightings and why not I, I totally uh, could be on board with that definitely yeah I mean there's actually there's someone who's gonna be on the show in the coming weeks I I, I had the next three weeks after this episode booked up already okay. and which actually two of them are former guests from your show but uh is one uh christina yes she is one and actually someone who just was on your show on your last episode i haven't even listened to it yet but i actually messaged i i messaged her from a post on another on a and i must like and i started talking to her for a few days i think her name is starts with Ele- e i want to say eleanor, eleanor wagner yeah, yeah Eleanor. she was very good. She was just out a couple of days ago. Yeah, she was very yeah, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to both of them, honestly. And I believe it's Eleanor Wagner who she is. She's out. I believe she's out in Loch Ness right now, if I'm not mistaken. And she's trying to capture footage. Oh, she didn't mention that to me, but great. I, I may mean, have she, to watch she was a great guest, and so was uh, Christina Westervelt from East Coast Paranormal. So, yeah, that, that'll that be two good episodes you have right there. Which, actually, this goes to something we talked about in my episode of your show, but it's almost creepy because we talked about Christina on your show, and then I listened to your podcast episode with her, and then all of a sudden, she's a suggested friend on Facebook. Oh, really? Oh, well, yeah, there you go. It's fate. It's fate. <laughs> Chronicity, and it's freaking creepy as hell that technology yeah. does that. Yep. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, I, oh, yeah, Loch Ness Monster, I do believe in it completely. What it is is a whole nother topic. I don't know if it's left over from the dinosaur age or are there, I mean, there are tales of sea monsters that are dragon like, snake like, turtle like, eel like, all over the world, all over the world. Every, every big lake and every, ocean around the world has had stories from people who have encountered things and 
like we said, we know less about the ocean than we do about the surface of the moon. Correct. So that these things could be down there, not even hiding for their own safety more than anything, because they, they did show themselves back in 16, 15, 1700s when people were exploring the oceans finally, and crossing oceans. That's when they started showing themselves, and I think maybe they learned their lesson and started hiding more. Yeah, it could totally be. Like I said, just because we can't catch it with a fishing rod and hold it up like like we do a fish and have a picture taken doesn't mean that they don't exist. Yeah, I mean, Loch Ness is just... The Loch Ness monster alone is always believed in. But the other side of this, the mer people. Do you believe that there possibly is a society of intelligent people, for lack of a better word, or sea people that live under the ocean somewhere and are, are where we get our myths of mermaids from, per se. I mean, I, I, I don't know too much about that. I haven't done any real research or watched videos on that. But again, entirely possible. Uh, mermaids came from somewhere. You know, the I don't know if it came some from someone's imagination. It probably didn't. I mean, a lot of things are based on reality from centuries ago. I could totally be. Could could totally be possible. I I, mean, I, I just can't poo poo anything really, except the abominable snowman. I, that's I, that seems just like a my gut tells me it's just a cartoon. You know, I, th- that's well, that's really like like the only <laughs> thing I would say. Nah, most likely not. But really, everything else that we've talked about could possibly be. Well, funny you say that because I know as, as I'm sure you know because I've said it on this show before. I know you've listened to some of the episodes at least. Oh yeah, that that's uh, that's where I got it from. That's why, in case that was coming up, <laughs> that's why I brought it up because I've heard it on your show before. I didn't know if that was coming down the pike. Yeah, it, it wasn't because we already covered Bigfoot and I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ye- Yeti is a type of Bigfoot technically, and I, as I said before, I hate the term "bumble snowman" because makes everybody think of that Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer cartoon with the... right. That's what I'm saying. It's like a cartoon to me. I just can't. I can't wrap my but head around that one. Yeti, I actually have paper recently that. Tibetan Tibetan people, however you say it, Tibetan, have yeah. Tibetan. Yeah, Tibetan people yeah. have classified either I forget if it was six or eight different types of yetis they believe existed at one point or another, and they've proven that is a type of bear that lives up in the Himalayas, and that it just recently got discovered and classified in the in in science as an actual and. They believe that possibly another one is a primate that they haven't been able to identify yet that lives in the mountains somehow in the snow. But there's still four or six other options that they can't explain. And if we have Bigfoot and Sasquatch and skunk apes and everything else, in them, and they have a rank pendex over in Asia, why can't Tibet have their own version of the Bigfoot that just is white because it lives in the snow? Right. True. But with everything else, let's be honest. You know, I do believe in God or you want to call a creator intelligent. This is all intelligent design. There's no doubt about that. But I don't necessarily um, ascribe to the Garden of Eden. And, you know, the that's where life began. No, I there's I do follow archaeology and different research and, and we go. Uh, uh, beings, maybe not human beings as we're known today, but there are beings that go back probably billions of years, uh, you know, and 
there have been different types of, of creatures and there's no reason why they can't still exist somewhere, you know, even though whatever it was evolved into humans that it doesn't mean that there can still be existing creatures from, you know, long, 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 long time ago that do exist in areas where we couldn't survive, but they can and do. Yeah. I mean, it goes, I mean, Gigantithicus, I think is how it's pronounced was a around when we were cavemen and when we were homo, just homo sapiens. And basically it's believed that homo sapiens killed it off because they were a, always a killing species that wanted to dominate everything. Right. But, right. but we, they, there are also, that's, that's a lot where a lot of these famous Bigfoot people have pro, hypothesized that Bigfoot comes from is gigantic to get there. I can never say it right. I can't think it's, I'm, I'm not going to attempt it either because I'll fuck it up too. <laughs> it, it's it's like saying uh, the freaking phrase from Mary Poppins on Brecken Quiet and we all fail at it horribly except for <laughs> one or two. But but I mean yeah, they believe it came from that and that they just evolved, learned to hide themselves and camouflage themselves better so humans don't find them. But yet we've seen evidence of nests west coast in i forget the name of the forest but it's in washington state of oregon and small town monsters went out there for a shoot for their next finding bigfoot special uh, series and they found huge nests on the ground that look like fur on them from like something brown and or something close to brown or possibly even gray and they just it's just so much proof that these things have to exist somehow they do. I mean, whether they're, I mean, there's so many theories. I can't even get into them all tonight because we'll be here for five hours. <laughs> but yeah, well, don't forget that there are also around the world, not just in America, but around the world, so many unexplored caves. We don't know what's in them. You know, there, there could be a whole different species that we, that we don't even know about yet living in, in, in caves. There's some really huge, deep caves. Yep. We, we just don't know. I mean, all around the world. So uh, you and have I don't, to keep your mind open. And I don't know if you've seen it on, uh, if, you, if you've seen it on Facebook. I mean, if you're in paranormal groups, you might have seen this passed around. But there's this, someone made a map of all the cave systems in the United States, like especially on the East Coast and on the oh. West Coast. And then they all made on top of it a map of where people have gone missing in the wilderness. And oh, it seems really? to, it's, it seems to overlap a lot. It, like, it seems to overlap tremendously, which, I mean, that can go into so many different rabbit holes, whether it be reptilians living underground or rakes, which are basically white crawlers. Like, they, they're humanoid white creatures that look like they never saw the sun a day in their life. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, saw one of those in her backyard, supposedly a couple of years ago when she was on the phone with me. She was looking at our bathroom window and she saw she saw this white thing walking around her backyard because the Bridgewater she used to live in the Bridgewater Triangle in, in uh, Hanson Halifax area in Massachusetts, which the Bridgewater Triangle has a long history, which I want to has experience with it, so I can actually do a full episode about it because it's such an interesting area, like all the triangles of the world that have phenomenon in them. I only heard about that recently in the past two weeks, and I forget in some podcast. The Bridgewater Probably. Triangle. Never knew Podcast. about it until recently. 
Yeah, podcasts talk about it a lot because uh, it's an interesting topic and it's got a lot of history and a lot of different levels of creatures and satanic cults and all that stuff. And it goes back to Native Americans, like a lot of things do in this country. But yeah, yeah. But but I mean, these rakes. What if they're an underground society that lives in caves, like most from comic books, and they just what if that's where people go missing? Is because what if they're cannibalistic towards humans or? What if they use humans to breed? I don't know. There's so many possibilities of what they could be doing out there. And there's actually a video on YouTube. I forget the guy's name. I never can remember it. But some guy posted a video out of his actual bedroom or bathroom window or something of one of these creatures in his backyard. And I've watched it. It's it's shot through a screen, of course, so it's hard to really think. But you could definitely see something that's like a white creature, albino creature, roaming around kind of stupidly in the backyard just walking around with no real direction wow and it's i mean wow. yeah of course people say he faked it like they say everybody they say everybody fakes everything basically and which it's hard not to but i don't know if it's just it would make a lot of sense if all these cave systems were the reason people disappear in the wood there's a documentary i saw on amazon prime a couple of years ago called missing 411 the hunted and it's just all about different stories of people who went to the woods trips or camping trips and just disappeared. No sign of where they went. No clues. Just gone. Yeah, that that happens. You know, poof, gone with no explanation. But for a future episode, I don't know if you've heard of this. I have uh, seen a few videos with people talking about it on, on YouTube. But in Antarctica, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but I've heard them say that the military does not let um let anyone there's like a big restricted area um it's not really like a safe or you know like uh, a friendly place to to human beings because it's so cold but i have heard that underground in antarctica there is a whole different world a whole different civilization maybe aliens or whatnot i haven't gone to taking too deep of a dive into it but i watched quite a few video on uh, videos on that and i don't know if you've heard about that but that's entirely possible because where where's the best place to hide out where no one can just, you know, take, take a weekend drive to and go explore. Um, it could be underground and they, it could be a good climate for those type of people or creatures or aliens or whoever. Um, but yeah, I've heard that, that underground, there's a whole different I've, society. I've heard a lot of stories about differences, things in Antarctica that are supposed to be exists. You never know what to believe until someone goes up there and actually shows the proof. Well, of it. right, right. Or or, or or until the government reveals, oh, yeah, this has been here for 100 years. We just keep an eye on it. Right, but, or 1,000 or 10,000. I mean, but people bring, up, people, people bring up a secret land in the Antarctic, and I just think of, I think of the savage, where, like, it's a tropic jungle in the middle of the Arctic that just is protected <laughs> somehow, and there's dinosaurs and all these different creatures that still that live there beginning of time and they just thrive there because nothing ever bothers them it could be it could be which that's that's another creature feature uh I talk about sometimes is are is like macaulay macaulay mbembe is the most famous one but and of course flying wait pterodactyls and there's another name for them that people have seen and that there's videos of well not videos of but people have told stories of being picked up out of the sky by pterodactyl sized creatures in like Texas and different wow. areas and it's just 
Like if you if you ever if you ever want a good rabbit hole to go down, the whole of, do dinosaurs still exist on Earth? Like in the deepest of jungles that we cannot explore. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I really I'm, have have a lot to look up. It, we're not going to get into tonight because it's already kind of, we've already been doing this for almost two hours now and it's wow, getting late. But wow. Yeah, it's when you're having when you're having fun, time flies. It went but, quick. It went quick. It does. It does. It always does because these are such interesting topics to talk about. But we maybe if we do another episode, I'll throw that. One. I'll let you do your research for a few months or yeah, a year yeah, or yeah. What. You got to give me a little bit of time because. I'm in the middle of writing my book, Glenetics. No, I'm only kidding. You can edit that. <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke. Some will get it. Some will. Some will get it, and I ain't touching it with a five foot pole. But I'm not gonna get it. The, I just try to make a joke. <laughs> if you want to have me on, if you want to have me on your show again, we can get into that in your show where it's less likely to get heard. But <laughs> <laughs> well, less likely to by the person I care about hearing it. But yeah, no, I know, I know what you're saying. <laughs> but. Glenn, I thank you for coming on tonight. It's been a blast the last two hours. I love talking to people I know already or that I feel like I know, and I definitely know you to some degree from yeah, just I, listen, I feel listening to your... It was a great conversation. Everybody check out the Glenn with two N's, Glenn Ralph Show, at General Entertainment Talk Show, guest every episode, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for the plug. Any other socials you want to put out there? or That's it. All right. So that, well, be yeah. it. Please it. check out the Glenn Ralph show because I've been on it myself for an episode. And as everybody else knows, I am also on a podcast called Bracket Bastards. And two of the other bastards have been on it as well. So, yes, they have three episodes right there you can listen to. They're all very entertaining episodes, all different topics about different aspects of life, but they're all entertaining in their own ways. And they all have their own humor. And well, maybe, you, maybe, maybe someday the Glenn Ralph show will be owned by Harvey Laguerre. We don't know, but it, it, I feel it's going that way. I don't know, but I, I have a feeling that that that's going to happen. I'm, you know, I'll be working for him. There, are, there are worse people in the world to work for. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, he was a really nice guy, but you know, nice guy, and then he becomes your boss and owns your show. It could really go down south. So it could. We'll but, see. We'll see. Well, and as everybody knows, you could find me as at Juggalo Bastard on Twitter and the Instagram. And you can find me as Jeremy Bryant on Facebook. And yes, we've I've been promising it for weeks and we officially now have the Paranormal, the New Normal Facebook group for fans. Yep. Just search search it. If you can't if you can't find it, DM me and I'll invite you. I but, am a proud member. I am a proud member of that group. I encourage everybody to go join that group. And as always, if anybody has any supernatural or paranormal experiences they want to talk about, get a few questions asked about, feel free to DM me on any of the socials and we can set up a time for you to be on the show. I don't turn away anybody as we've seen in the past. Yeah, <laughs> but, well, you had me on, so that proves you don't turn away anybody. Not the episode I was mentioning, but okay. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, but it's been a good, it's been a great show once again, and I will see you next week as we go into the beyond and into the fray once again. Thank you for listening. <laughs>